Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Uh, you might have seen the reports that came out this week uh, dealing with uh, racism in Alberta's healthcare system and what we know about it. And uh, it wasn't good, uh, as you might expect. So to get some details on the study, you know, what we found, what it confirmed, and, and what we can do going forward, we're going to chat with Dr. Cheryl Barnaby, uh, co-author of the study. She's a professor and rheumatologist at the University of Calgary, as well as a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta. Um, Cheryl, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Good morning. And we also have with us this morning uh, Patrick McLean. Patrick is co-author of the study and an adjunct associate professor of emergency medicine at the University of Alberta. Uh, doctor, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Good morning. Patrick, why don't we start with you in terms of just define the scope and scale of this study, because really the research that you guys did, it, it's massive, right? I mean, we're talking literally millions of um, incidents here. Yeah, we, this is a five-year mixed methods study that we're doing with our partners at the Alberta First Nations Information Governance Centre. And so we looked at five years of data from 2012 to 2017 and over 11 million emergency department and urgent care center visit records. So it's all the facilities in the province. So we've got a we've got a large field of data here, and Cheryl, the findings really, really conclusive, right? Indigenous patients are treated differently when they arrive in the ER. You know, we've heard this, and and my own observations have been this as well. And the the pushback that we always receive is, well, it's one person's experience, or it's a couple of experiences, or an extreme situation and when you pull together 11 million records and show that it's not an extreme situation this is the daily experience that people have in the emergency departments you can't ignore those numbers and you know really patrick this is you know like cheryl says this is just it's more it's confirmation in a lot of ways right i mean this the 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 um you know, the, the understanding that this took place was not new, um, but it really confirms what other studies have shown and what we've known anecdotally. Yeah, First Nations partners have said for a long time that they feel they're not prioritized for treatment. And when we look at other studies of emergency department prioritization from around the world, those studies also see differences by race where racial minority groups are less likely to be prioritized for triage. So this is adding Alberta data, and I believe that we're the first in Canada to to do this kind of study. You know, in reading the results of this, Cheryl, the one thing I was wondering is obviously we know that there's there's a problem um, within the system, and we can talk about that in a minute or two, but I wondered about the effect that it has on our Indigenous population, because no doubt they're aware of this. You know, it would take one encounter to sort of have this experience. How does that affect even their willingness to, to engage with our healthcare system, you know, th- that kind of understanding that this is how it's going to be. Yes, certainly. Um, when you need care and you know that you're going to face stereotyping or discrimination, um, you're going to have the risk of feeling that your kids are going to be apprehended by child and family services for going to an emergency department for a concern that 
someone who is not First Nations would never even, that would never even cross their mind that this might occur in that visit, you're going to make a hard choice. Do I really need to go or do I really have to go? Um, so it, it certainly results in people delaying those presentations. And so when they do decide that, okay, I can no longer ignore this symptom or this injury or what it might be, they're coming in at much more severity than they would have otherwise. And these decisions are being made not only for emergency department care, but also broader when it comes to visits to different specialists or going to family physicians even. And so it's really this huge domino effect, but um, certainly in those emergency department situations where people really have the most severe acute illnesses or acute injuries, this is where um, we're, we're seeing that big pressure. How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. So obviously it's affecting them before they even get there and before they even get involved with the healthcare system. What about outcomes, uh, Patrick? What were you able to find out how it affects ultimately, you know, treatment plans and um, long-term um, recovery and all the rest of that? Yeah, and so our study would fit in between the qualitative studies that show the discrimination and stereotyping and the choices people are making about whether to seek care that Cheryl was just talking about. Um, and then the population data, we know First Nations life expectancy is much lower in Alberta than non-First Nations. So ours fits in between those two pieces and gives some sense of a place where in healthcare there is a disparity. So there's many health conditions that it matters how quickly you're seen sure. uh, and treated. And then with this, our study showing First Nations people less likely to go to the top of the uh, treatment priority list. So with this information, how do we use a lot, utilize this and make things better? What's the next step here? Yeah, so something that we're talking with, our, well, we're working with the simulation education folks at Alberta Health Services. So simulation education is acting out scenarios. And so we think we can get at uh, some of the biases or stereotypes that are impacting First Nations people. For instance, First Nations people use the emergency department at a very high rate, and that would have to do with a lack of funding for primary care services in First Nations communities. So we could share that with the emergency providers who don't know that and get them to change their perspective a bit. And instead of thinking, oh, this patient has come in when they didn't need to or is making my emergency department busier, we could have them thinking, okay, there's system gaps impacting First Nations people, and how do we make sure we, they get the best care possible when they're in the emergency department? 
there already is training for AHS staff, right? I mean, they all go through Indigenous cultural sensitivity training, do they not? Yeah, that's true, and, and that's great. Um, we do think, well, we've done a previous uh, publication where one of the findings was that people in emergency department want tailored training that's specific to emergency because it is right. a unique environment. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, Patrick, Cheryl, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you, Shay. You bet. Have a great day. Bye. That's Patrick McLean and Cheryl Barnaby, co-authors of a study on um, just basically the kind of interactions that um, Indigenous people in our province face when they show up in the emergency room. And uh, it's a massive, I think 11 million um, visits were documented over the course of five years and the outcomes and um, and how it all came together um, were discussed. So uh, it's a massive, massive study. And we'll see where it goes from here. I mean, obviously, you know, that kind of information, I think for a lot of people, like, you know, um, both of our guests said, it, it just sort of confirms what other studies have said and confirms what they've heard anecdotally. So now that you've got the data to sort of back it up, can we identify where there are issues and how to make it um, more effective and to try and, you know, because we know that there's cultural sensitivity training and things like that going on uh, in our healthcare system. So maybe we need to change the way we do that, make it, like they said, make it more specific for emergency room visits, because those are um, very different. Um, when you're in the emergency room, by and large, you're going through one of the worst days of your life, right? That's why you're there. So um, that interaction is is starting off from a pretty negative place to begin with. So interesting discussion. And I mean, just the fact that we get the information and we learn more about the situation can't hurt, can only make things better. So we'll follow up on that down the road.